0: Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill Hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800 392 8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800 392 8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.
1: Good evening, Detroit Lakes and uh, the beautiful people of Costa Rica. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of the UFTA Sports Network, which uh, is an amalgamation, I guess, of uh, Minnesota, mostly Minnesota-based sports news websites like Vikings Territory. (coughs) Excuse me, Purple PTSD. (coughs) Excuse me again. Uh miniice.com franchisetag.com, so on and so forth. Uh you can find all those sites on any of those sites if you want to kind of click click around and see what we've been up to uh the, the, this summer and what we got cooking uh for the rest of the off season. It's going to be an exciting 2021 year and I couldn't be more pleased to be looking forward to that year with my friend, my mentor My, my, I maybe, I'm starting to think has a shell corporation in Costa Rica that I should be aware (laughs) of. Uh, Mr. Joe Overly, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great. And Joe, I know we can discuss this off the air because it's formatting that people really aren't really that uh, interested in. But I think after we do our on location podcast in Detroit Lakes. Yes. We have to do one in Costa Rica. Oh, for sure. Where our fans are, and uh, I think we should need to put that in right away. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you, you know. Let's, if there's let, any let, bars
1: down there, preferably beachfront resort-type places, all-inclusive, I guess. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're making a joke because when you run a, a website and a podcast network, you get all these emails from places <clears throat> you sign up to, to especially when it comes to podcasts, track, downloads, streams, so on and so forth, because this show ends up in places that I, I didn't approve uh I'm, I'm not against it. It's free advertising, but, you know, there's a site in India, actually multiple sites in India that post our show. And so there's a site called Chartable.com that shows you all these different charts from the globe. And in the last two weeks – The biggest sports podcast in Costa Rica was the Vikings territory (laughs) breakdown. So we are on fire. It's all those
2: Vikings fans down there.
1: You know, just fleeing the state of Minnesota and and not being able to let go, I guess. But strangely enough, the show I did with Wabi for a month, and that's been on, on hiatus for about four months that he and I have been talking about bringing back, was like the fourth biggest sports podcast of the week uh, in March from an episode from like months earlier. So I have a feeling that it might not so much be how big – and I'm not bashing any of our work or anybody's work. I just think that the market is so saturated that any little numbers switch from this to that – can really alter the landscape of of what uh, these rankings are, but it's still it's still I mean Joe, you and I have been doing this I, I believe since 2016, and yep. <clears throat> things have changed a lot in terms of our business and the types of things that we're doing and the cool people we get to work with, both you know newcomers to the industry, uh, ex players, ex coaches. But all of this still, to me, is very surreal and uh, doesn't seem all that real a lot of the time because you know, as as you know, uh, and uh, my family and all of my ex-girlfriends know. I, I basically sit on my iPhone all day because I can't seem to find a laptop that actually works for some reason. Uh, working on the site and it's just it, it, when you're that close to it all day it just seems very surreal that you know having meetings with players as i did this week someone uh, one of them telling me that you know he he had been reading purple ptsd since 2016 Uh, i remember remember when he had chad greenway on uh on morning joes he said that he was glad that our former Third, which was Luke Braun, who owns Locked On Vikings, uh, the Locked On, or he doesn't own it. He uh, hosts the Locked On Vikings podcast. Uh, us three used to do a, uh, a, a Purple Journal podcast together. And Greenway said, "I'm really glad that la- that and it, it, he was being nice about it." Uh, I'm third. That happy that third guy's gone because man, did he not like me at all? <laughs> and because uh, Luke was hard on Greenway's. Uh, ability to uh, really pick up anyone in past, uh, in, pa- in the pass defense, I think. Or maybe it was the run defense. I, I can't remember which. I, I think it was the pass, but, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, wow.
2: Yeah, that was late in Chad's career, to be to be perfectly honest. And, and yeah. I'm sure his numbers weren't as good as he was early on. I mean, there's no discounting how good Greenway was. And it, it, it's funny to hear it. uh Greenway did have a radar for for some of the writers out there you, you sometimes you don't think they do you yeah. know and there's so much joe out there that you know there's there's so much noise out there and and you can't pay attention to it all and you certainly don't want to if you do you'll go crazy but uh, it, i've heard more than one story about greenway checking you out and and when you show up in the locker room if you if he had a bone to pick with you he wasn't shy about letting you know
1: oh <laughs> That I mean, not in a bad me, way. Okay, not in a bad way.
2: He he would he would say that he read it. He if he disagreed with it, he might you know uh, offer a rebuttal. Never never nasty or anything, but just you know. Not like if,
1: Randy Masta Suhan that time. <laughs> One of my just, favorite uh, things ever. Yeah, uh, it's
2: know it's a matter of you know the the fact that they read it and they you know they they shouldn't pay they shouldn't pay attention to a lot of it because you know I mean you know how much. Zimmer gets along with the media, and he doesn't uh, – I'm, I'm sure they all got their guys that if there's something needs to be brought to their attention, there is. But yep. some of the guys are out there reading their clips, and they say that uh, you, you shouldn't do that or you'll drive yourself crazy.
1: I, 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 I tell our new writers almost the same thing, not to put us on the same level as an NFL player. But you can read the comments if you want to, but if you do, you're going to – within two months – text me at 2 in the morning in all caps, do these people even read the articles? And I'm going to answer most of them don't. They see the headline, have a preconceived notion, and then they comment. Um, I will say, though, in regards to this, the players paying attention to what we're doing, I've kind of had this series over the last year of any time that my, and I'll be completely honest, my former current ish Vikings player Stefan Diggs. Whenever he would kinda go out of his way to bash Minnesota, you know, when he didn't need to, uh, uh he was on he he got what he wanted. Thing I don't know why he had to continuously bash the Vikings or whatever. I would just respond, you know, and try to pick apart his argument as to what he was mad about, uh why it didn't make any sense here and uh, you know, be a little snarky, but nothing awful. And I noticed about Three or four weeks ago, I I got up to use the restroom because I'm aging horribly, and I I got a a notification back-to-back on my phone that said, Stefan Diggs is following you on Vikings territory, and Stefan Diggs (laughs) is following you on purple PTSD. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) What have I done? Um, And part of me wants to be like, you know what, Stef – Joe, part of me wants to be like, I don't dislike you as a person. You're you are clearly a loyal guy. You know that ESPN article said that you know, um, Stefan Diggs will be be your best friend unless you cross him. Don't cross him, and uh, that's kind of uh, I've been told my personality when I was younger. So I'm just protecting my state. And, and the team that I love. But I don't know your side of the story, really. Um, if there's something that you would like to tell the fan base, you can come on our show.
2: Well, yeah, that's a great point. But, you know, it, it's this whole new social media, Twitter and what have you. Twitter's a media. And Twitter's fun for anybody that, you know, just to have as a Twitter feed and follow stuff. So, you know, all these players are human. They're going to do it. Yeah. And now they can respond uh, in real time, whereas if, if, uh, if someone wrote a story about you in the Tribune in the in the cart and buggy days, which I come from, that uh, it wouldn't be until maybe later in the week you showed back up out there at the at Winter Park and uh, they, they, they'd want to have words with you or someone would pull yeah. you aside and say, hey, what's this about? But now, if you want to, you can get right back online and say, hey, dude, you follow somebody and can watch him from afar and see if they're flaming in. What have
1: you. So, I honestly think that's 99% of the appeal of Twitter. I don't think a lot of people, honestly, at least that I've seen, and I, I was really late to the party on Twitter. I, as a lot of people know, I talk a lot, and I'm, I, 140 characters was not – gonna happen with me um, and it would make me frustrated so uh, I didn't really get into it from a personal perspective none of my friends did either but I was a little bit older uh, six years out of college I think at that point and so, some people
2: can vouch 140 characters for trying out loud yeah, so-
1: <laughs> no but I think you know I don't think there's a ton of people who use Twitter uh, for like what they would Instagram or Facebook I think a lot of people like at least from a a sports fan perspective, the reach that they feel connected to these guys because they could yes. just, they could say something and maybe the guy will see it mm-hmm. and maybe then they can talk. That's um, a really cool resource for that reason. I've actually been kind of kicking around an idea as uh, from more of a local version of Players Tribune. Um, you know, because I don't think Players Tribune is as well known. Uh, around the sports world uh, uh as it should be and I think that's because its models a little different there's not that many NFL players or players in general say for guys like LeBron James that <clears throat> you know sport, like hyper passionate sports fans that would read something like that would want to read s- stuff like that from their teams local teams mm-hmm. there not there aren't that many NFL players that are on the level of wanting to read their, their perspective on going 6 and 10. You know, like, here's Blake Bortles' series. You know, it's just, I think if they did it on a more local level and then they had more of a, a direct funnel to the local fan base, to local businesses, um, for advertising, I think it just would make more sense um, from that perspective. Uh, but then again, I think part of the reason player Players Tribune isn't as big as it, it could be, it is because of Twitter and social media in general. But we will see. This the we're we're working on we're working on that concept right now. I think we're going to be going with sportsfromthesource.com, dot com, which is yeah. uh, a name I uh, came up with and I'm relatively proud of because I'm terrible at naming things. So stay tuned for that because I got a couple uh, former Vikings that uh, uh, might help with that. But let's get into a little bit of. Uh, of uh, news of the week, I guess. You know, it's May, so bear with us here. There's not a lot of <clears throat> stuff going around. It's more wh- what did PFF think of this ranking of Vikings? What should the Vikings do here, there, and and, and so on. And so I like to look at stuff that is maybe surprising to people uh, that listen to this show or, or that are Vikings fans in that... um. Yeah. <clears throat> I still think that even the larger uh, contingent of Cousins defenders don't think he's anything special. Um, and so when I saw, for example, that the combination, that uh, the PFF had the combination of Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. As the third best QB and running back combo in the NFL, and I, I and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that's because Dalvin Cook is really really good, and he is. But if you, you break down the PFF rankings, it that it doesn't really break out that way. So <clears throat> uh, the the number one duo there is Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry, obviously. Tannehill had a ninety. What? Yeah, he had a, Tannehill had a ninety point six PFF grade last season. Henry had a ninety one point eight. Behind that is Baker Mayfield at eighty five point seven and Nick <laughs> Chubb at eighty eight point three. Then Cousins and Cook at eighty three point five and eighty nine, which I think is a little low. Uh, then Rogers, the MVP, was a ninety five point one. Aaron Jones was a seventy-five point six, so clearly he uh, they were penalized there. And then Patrick Mahomes was a ninety-one point eight to Edwards Hilaire's seventy-seven point two. Um, so
2: who's the top? It's it's Tannehill and Henry, yeah, right? Oh, because yep. they're both in the nineties. Okay, yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> but it's just you know it it goes I don't know it just goes, it lends itself to. Um, being basically in the the mid 80s is a good thing, right? I mean, it's it's something that if you're only a few points behind a guy like uh, uh, Mahomes or even Baker Mayfield, this up and coming guy. Uh, less than, you know, it's just, I don't know. You guys, everyone knows what I'm going for, and I, I'm really not going to go around the Cousins isn't getting enough respect because I've done that the last two uh, episodes, and I don't want to do that.
2: But, do you like Cousins, Joe? I didn't know that.
1: You know what? <laughs> uh, no. This, this, this is this has all been reverse psychology. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think that, you know, the Viking. The, I'm more going to use it to continue to stay on the this Vikings positivity bandwagon that I joined earlier uh, post-draft. And the there was an article written by our very own Dustin Baker that got me into the idea of the best wide receiver to running back duo, and his was more the best NFL triplets in quarterback and then one-two punch at wide receiver. And... That made me think. Also, what if you were to do well? We do that after. But obviously, cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen have to be near the top uh, of that list. Wouldn't you say? Like, even maybe perhaps more so than the running back one, because it's hard to also have you know to have the one-two punch at receiver versus <clears> having <throat> just a, a good quarterback and a good a running back.
2: Um. Yeah. It, it's. It's. Uh. It's one of those p- uh, pieces that's designed to get clicks, and yeah. because, because you're ranking, some people people love the rankings, and it's designed to cause arguments so you get more clicks and more comments and such. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's part of the biz. That's what we do. Um, it it means nothing in the long run to me, anyway. You know what I'm going to say uh, when when they win something, then I'll call them the best. You know, when they win a Super Bowl, but. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, I should have uh, won a fantasy football league last year because I had Thielen and Cook and uh, uh, a couple other people. But, I mean, these guys were performers all year. They're they great people, you know, great guy. And Jefferson all of a sudden comes on, on fire. And, yeah. you know, Cousins had a very great statistical year. So um, I think you'd have to, if you're – now, all right, you're saying pick a wide receiver plus Cook plus Cousins, uh, for a triplet.
1: Oh, oh no, uh, d- well we could do that, or we could do, or just the the
2: the, the of the quarterback, quarterback and wide,
1: two wide receiver two receivers. Team. Yep.
2: Okay, uh, Vikings have to be top five, yeah. don't you think? I I, I, I don't know I what they so. would be off the top of my head, but they've got to be top five. I mean, you know, you got Rogers, Devontae Adams, and anybody else I mean they had they made a, a hero out of MVS or whatever the heck his name is uh, Scalding, yeah or whoever caught passes for him you know uh they, they just because of the season that the Packers offense had um trying to think about others I mean Mahomes it's got you know I, I'd, I'd have to put uh, the tight if, if you're just going wide receivers well then yep. you know that, that would be different down in uh, in uh Kansas City because they used to have you know they got Hill uh um, Mahomes and and they they have some young guys that have come up you know uh so they they've got to be top 5 I think by default but you yeah. know if 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 you were to look at each holding his own and there's you know not a two guys in a weak link uh got to have got to have the Vikings I mean that that's a pretty good pretty yeah. good triumvirate there
1: I could only think of one team on that I think would be better maybe and that would be the Seahawks um Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and, and DK Metcalf.
2: That's very good. Yep. Yep. Um, I would have
1: to say so. I think in years past having Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and, uh, what's his Boston college,
2: uh, Matt uh, Matt
1: Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. That he would, they would, you know, lead uh, the league. Or a couple of years ago, the saints
2: with Michael Thomas and, uh, and uh, you know they used to had a dev- another good receiver down there when when you know Brees didn't have the year last year that you'd you'd want to that would put him up in the higher rankings. But uh, you
1: know. who I think is going to actually jump to maybe the forefront of all of this or be the 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 one B <coughs> for the Vikings, one A or one seed with the Seahawks could be uh, kind of a scary team for any NFC uh, playoff hopeful team, and that would be the Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods with the Rams. Oh, now that they have Stafford, you know, like yikes, mm-hmm. that could be uh a little scary.
2: Yeah, it could. And and uh, uh Stafford knows how to throw to decent receivers after throwing to with uh uh Megatron for how many years. So, uh yeah, yeah that's a very really good call. They're they're going to they're going to step up offensively this year. And who is their running back? You know, they got rid of their stud a while, you know, from years past.
1: Oh, yeah, they had a oh, bunch of guys um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they... l- the, uh, last year that uh, Cam Akers, I think, um, was one of them that came out. They got injured last season. Um, They just had like a bunch of different guys last year, but I can't remember who I ended up keeping on my fantasy team at the time. Um but yeah, I mean with with the defense that they've had uh, that's a team that maybe I mean I know that the, the they've had more and more uh support in that market. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I think they definitely will continue to have that support uh moving forward uh with this team. But I will be interested to see what Stafford can do with yeah. pressure expectation. Yep. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. That's a good point. He's, he's been able to just, uh, you know, win his, uh, eight, nine games a year and, you know, almost make the playoffs yeah. and, uh, and then take the rest of the season off, or the year off. But, uh, uh, it will be different for him out there. They do play in a tough division. I mean, the, the, the Cardinals are good. The, uh, uh, Seahawks are ice good. And, uh, you know, the 49ers. So um, it's not going to be, you know, in, in that regard, it it might be a little tough for them, but uh, they got a great defense. So yeah, yeah, the expectation should really be high for that team. That that, it's uh, when you think about it, that's a a heck of a trade they made. And and it will really be fun to watch and see how, how things work out.
1: And you make a good point. I mean, that division, whoever survives, it might be, you know, battle tested for sure. Absolutely. You know, reminds me, you me a little bit of the NFC North, depending on what happens with Justin Fields. Um, if he just explodes onto this onto the scene, uh, and this division becomes a three-headed monster, it could yeah, uh, it could really be a gut punch for Vikings fans who were two or three picks away from that pick. They could have you know traded up. Moved down from Cousins, somehow, hmm. we would have forgotten about. You know, I know we've had this argument that they wouldn't have been able to make the moves on o- the offensive line, but we've also made the argument that Cousins' twenty twenty two contract is untenable, and so maybe it could have made some more sense the more that I, that I've thought about it to make that trade. You aren't able to land, you know, Darius. Uh, you might lose a first-round pick next year, but then again, in hindsight, if if Fields turns out to be this headache for the next ten to fifteen years, y- yeah, you're not going to think a, a lot about missing out on those picks. And uh,
2: yeah, but you never wanted to not. I mean, I, you know, you hear the reason they did it because the, the the cost was too high. They had a chance to trade for him when it was just too too much to to do so. And you know that they've had in mind. They've heard. They've heard you speak on this podcast for years for ignoring the offensive line, and they said, "No, nope, we're not going to do it to Joe Johnson this year. So
0: <laughs> we're
2: going to make we're going to make those picks. I mean, we're going to keep those picks. And 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 what they did was, you know, they know that you don't want to bring in Justin Fields and you know behind a porous offensive line and screw him up for the first you know five years yeah. of his contract and just when he's about to get good." You know, you say, oh, well, he's a bust and he goes and he leaves and, uh, someone else does. So, so I, I understand why they did it. I mean, in hindsight, it, you, you, you kind of, we're all been wanting forever on this, uh, in this, uh, fandom to, uh, Vikings fans to, to have a, uh, a, just a top notch quarterback that we draft and develop that jump, that just jumps right out of the gate and is great like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's what everybody's dream is, you know? And, uh which um, we've never had it very often in Minnesota. So it's uh, uh we're still at the point of, you know, it, it, it's still, it's possible it might not work out, but uh, I, I think I, I'm okay. Even though when I don't think about that, I'm okay with what they did because they're going to give the cousins, the guys he need. Hopefully hopefully those two linemen make the jump, solidify this offensive line. And we really get to see this offense for what it is. And, then you know maybe after the season you say okay Kirk look what we got here look what we did for you take a little less money us you know bolster a little bit more and and yeah, the last year your contract here and you know maybe we can actually do something and 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 go somewhere and and you know maybe even extend you if if, if it's going that well so I you know I'm okay with it but you know we've got to see how it comes out in the wash that's for sure
1: I don't know how much I buy the the whole narrative of moving up. Uh, From 14 to 11 was too expensive um, because there was that article or that video evidence that came out from the uh, Carolina Panthers released like this NFL films uh, draft night recap sort of um, breakdown thing. And they showed that the Vikings had called them and attempted to move up to the eighth spot ahead of the Broncos because they assumed the Broncos would be taking fields Mm -hmm. and that was too expensive for them. Or at least the deal that they had offered was basically kind of, uh, the way that the article put it, uh, squashed, relatively early. Uh, they basically said, oh, Minnesota bargaining chips were too puny and the deal was quickly squashed. Mm. The video the video illustrates the Vikings were willing to offer the 14th pick, 90th pick, and the 143rd pick for the eighth choice on the draft, which is next to nothing. They said, sure. And then said they would call them back and they didn't. Um, I'm sure that was just a starting position for them. The Vikings and they wanted to, you know, see kind of feel out the amount. But I think after that didn't work, and this is obviously pure speculation. And the Broncos didn't take Fields. I honestly think the reason that the Vikings were stung and shocked and all the different uh, descriptors people used that started with the letter S at the time uh, that the Bears did draft up is because i think they genuinely thought from who was ahead of them that fields would fall to them and that they could still do those other things Mm. outside of what they would have gotten because they clearly traded down so i do think that's the reason that they traded down because they did think fields was going to be available to them the bears leapfrogged them they are gut punched by it, and they say, "You know what? No one else on our board even comes close. Let's trade down and and amass more picks." That's, I mean, it, that is speculation, but a lot of that makes sense. Very um, possible, yeah. you know. I mean, and so I guess we'll see. Hopefully, he, he, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want him to be a bust for the sake of him as a person or his family, but yeah. If, yeah, if the... it'll,
2: it'll suck watching him, yeah. uh, you know, uh, taking over. You know, because we could, the Vikings could even hardly beat the Trubisky. So if they got a, a Fields running around the field, they, it's going to be tough for them. They, Did they, they definitely... ever
1: beat Trubisky? Yet? Yes, yes, they once, have. right? Yeah, not. Yeah, I think so. Not think very it was, often. I think he was five and one. Well, yeah, anyway, another pointless list came out this <clears throat> week. This one gets a little bit more cachet. Um, Sports Illustrated. I think, used to do this as well. I used to have a, a, a subscription to that. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they ranked the top 100 NFL players, and I don't really agree with a lot of these numbers. Um, <clears throat> who would you guess is the highest-ranked uh, guy on the team, Mr. Oberly?
2: Well, um, I'm looking at the uh, numbers from you previous list i mean you can't give it to to uh you can't give it to jefferson yet and uh feeling i mean you know here's my question and here's my complaint with it uh before i even say so i, I would say Dalvin cook but uh you've got does this just go on last year right it's the
1: it's it's how they did last year and i think it's a large part of it i don't think it's everything
2: Oh, because Neil Hunter's on the list, and you know he doesn't deserve to be. <laughs> he didn't play, but uh, um, yeah, Cook 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 had a great year last year, and um, had uh, three injury plagued years before that. But uh, um, you know, I, I I think it's justified. I would I would say he's the best guy. I, I I'm gonna. Keep him in my keeper league for for the the year coming up because I think he's going to run behind a really decent offensive line, a better offensive line this year, and and um, they're still going to give him the ball because that's what Zimmer likes to do. And and uh, um, so yeah, I would say he, he's he's deserving of it.
1: Yeah, and I, I I do think it's a mixture of past accomplishment mixed with what potential. Have you done, yeah, what have you done for me lately? Uh, how much gas do they have left in the tank or potential? Um, and because I'm looking at Daniel Hunter at 75, and it, they say he missed all of the 2020 season with a herniated disc in his neck. He was coming off consecutive double-digit double sack seasons. He was sorely missed. He's expected to be back fully this season. I don't know where they're getting that information from, <coughs> although he does want a new contract that has kept him away from teen, team activities. Uh, the 76 guy is Keenan Allen. First sentence says he was banged up last year. Uh, hmm. 77 is Harrison Smith. At 32, he still has some good football left to play. He wasn't as good as last season as he has been years prior, but that had to do with a lot of new faces being on the secondary. I'm really glad that they put that there. Um, my only gripe, really, with this, outside of, uh, you know, again, thinking Cousins is being 93 is insane. Um it just makes no sense to me. Let me see uh where uh, as I'm going to my the, the Eric Kendricks not being on the list was was to me I know he was hurt at, towards the end of the season but that that guy deserves a oh, lot yeah. more credit than he gets.
2: He's the heart and soul of that defense and uh um as much as uh, the guy right behind him Harrison Smith you can't uh you know i that, that's that's i say what's the criteria what are they basing yeah. it on you know um and the, the defense it's probably you can't have too many people from the vikings defense on there for crying out loud they stunk last year so um that would ha- that would have three guys on there smith uh kendrick or hunter and uh kendrick so i suppose there wasn't room in the top 100 but uh um you know, do you do the numbers? Is you know they they have six players. We should probably read them all off. Uh, Dalvin Cook's nineteen, Justin Jefferson's forty-five, Daniil Hunter seventy-five, yep. Harrison Smith seventy-seven, Kirk Cousins ninety-three, and Thielen ninety-seven. Um, I think all of those guys deserve to be on it. But if you know, what do we have? Thirty-two teams. Six from the Vikings is is pretty good, right?
1: Yeah, I would say so. But I would also say that. Um... Adam, and I'm not just saying this because of uh, the beautiful people listening to us up uh, on KDLM Sports Radio. Uh, uh, Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm completely transparent. (laughs) Um, Adam Thielen had 14 touchdowns last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Not bad. You know, and – uh, he's not just barely a top one hundred player. I mean, I know he's getting up there in age, but his skill set isn't necessarily predicated on speed, or you know, it is. But he's got so many tools, and it's his catch radius and his route running. I just, I think that that number is ins- insanity. Uh, and I also will repeat this until somebody explains outside of that he won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And won, what, two more games last year? <laughs> Russell Wilson is the eighth best player in the league. He played f- loose and free early in the season and had an MVP start. He cooled some down the stretch, but he remains ca- capable of winning an MVP award. Um, Cousin uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is 93, okay?
2: He's not that old.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> He has the uh, situational awareness of a World War I veteran. <laughs> um, but no, they they both had a, almost an identical season.
2: Statistically, yeah.
1: Yeah, and the only difference is, is that uh, Russell Wilson bitched and moaned about not having pass protection when his pass protecting unit was 14th and Cousins's was 29th.
2: Is but, that what they said in the description? No, I don't think so. No, kidding. but you
1: get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, but
2: oh, I go back to the numbers again. I, you know, I divided 100 by 32, and it's 3.125 per, you know, per team. Well, six guys from a team that didn't make the playoffs, that woefully underachieved, and a defense that stunk. Is what are you going to do? I mean, there's only room for so many guys, and they got to I,
1: I mean, I know. I'm just saying Cousins shouldn't be that far behind some of these. Uh, Russell Wilson, for example, this MVP year, they both had a 105 QB rating. They both had 13 interceptions. Cousins had about uh, 80 more yards passing, and uh, I think Cousins had 35 touchdowns, and Russell Wilson had did, like 39 or something. Well, um, you're you're
2: you're just making the point that and, and well done too. It's it's not just based on this past year because you know, uh, uh, and that they're they're basing it on his reputation and and Russell Wilson's reputation. You know, because. Yeah. Cousins doesn't have. Cousins has every bit as good a year as, as, as Russell Wilson. You just, you just stated it. And uh, if it's pure, you know, it, it's kind of silly if to come out with them every year and not, um, not base it, you know, weight it towards the year that you're, 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 you're naming it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense really. Yeah. You know, it, 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 Daniil Hunter should not be on the list. He <laughs> just shouldn't. She didn't play. and, um, so it skews everything, in my opinion, and and which is, you know, they cousins by reputation. You know, the rest of the country's is not going to say a word uh, about it except for Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's going to have a problem with that. Ninety three.
1: Second no most accurate quarterback in NFL history. There you he's go. The only quarterback to score 25 or more touchdowns every year the last, what, six, seven years. Blows my are you, mind. Are
2: you angling for, for uh, uh, to go into business when he does retire? Because he's got a lot of money that he could. You know.
1: I just think there's a good ring to Johnson's Cousins <laughs> G M GM- Buick GMC Jeep.
2: There it is. There it doesn't it roll is.
1: off the tongue like I thought it would.
2: No, but, but, a, better but we, but we to email have time. Him, you send it to him. Yeah. <laughs> we have
1: time. Um, yeah, you know, and I think that you know, there's, there's a. To get to your Dino Hunter um, comment, which uh, there was a, a a section on the agenda uh, discussing a, you know, a potential. I think the article was written by by Dustin, and he was more looking at it as a, uh, someone to play opposite Daniil Hunter, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still think that there's a lot of... I'm I'm surprised a little bit by the lack of panic in, in, in Vikings media about this Daniil Hunter <clears throat> situation. I've learned, and I think last year was the best example of it, but the year before as well, to not really believe anything that I hear during this time of year from...
2: That
1: a boy. Management or coaching? Like, I I don't remember specifically what got everybody super riled up last year. Um, Part of it was the Justin Jefferson not being part of the game plan the first two weeks, but there were other things too. And it was like, uh, yeah, maybe they don't have to tell us. They're not under oath. They're not going to give away things. We just wait and see. I can tell you what – you know, if I ever get access to go to camp again, which uh, lots of uh, stories earlier in this uh, podcast uh, slash radio show explain, <laughs> perhaps why I may not. But uh, you know, there's just a lot of you know people going for that red meat and getting so excited and being like, "See!" And then it's just it's like, "Yeah, they didn't mean it. They were just well, you know, they were just the, the messing op- with
2: you." Yeah, the off season in the NFL is is every bit as frantic as the season itself. I mean, I know it's an exaggeration, but it's true. It's, you know, everybody's selling hope and there's so much speculation and there's so little known. So
1: I don't so, think that's an exaggeration at all.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, it is for me. I, I don't care. <laughs> Cause like you just said, don't believe what they say, believe what, what they do. And that that's going to start happening in, in uh, mini camp and then training camp. And then uh, the season, you know, right now, they're they're gonna Spielman is the king of spin he's yeah. not gonna tell you a darn thing what he's thinking before during or after the draft and uh Zimmer doesn't want to tell you anything he he'll he'll give you the honest stuff but he he tries to stay away from the media because he knows he does, he's not a spin master He's a no. Straight
1: he, ch- he's a very interesting mix of seemingly yeah. conflicting personality traits you know what I call this time of year, more so before the draft and during free agency, like the the pretendies, which is just yes, you can pretend anything is possible. They could get this guy. They could draft that guy. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the Zimmer thing because, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> this offseason and late last uh, season were ready to crown – Irv Smith Jr., you know, the future of the tight end position for the Vikings. And uh, it's been really my entire life, and I I would love your insight on this, Joe. Like, I always feel like Minnesota fans in general take some of the – we, I think, disproportionately end up with some amazing once-in-a-generation or lifetime talent on the Vikings, Kirby Puckets, KG, you know, uh, George Mikan, like all these great brand Tarkenton and
2: Adrian Peterson, Randy Moss.
1: Yeah. And then people take them for granted. And then they say, well, this next guy could do it. And they just run the other guy out of town because, you know, uh, not so much anymore, but back during Moss's (laughs) time, um, and I've heard from every uh credentialed person from that point, you, Mark Craig, Sansphere, all people that I respect that he was a jerk. I used to argue that he wasn't. I had oh. no pres- Randy Moss. Oh. Um, but I used to get really mad when he played because I didn't think it was his job to be a role model for small children. Um, and that uh after he did the fake moon um what's his face joe 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 buck did that disgusting act thing and then he's defended it in recent years saying that some guy wrote him a letter saying you know i have two young sons and because of your explanation i didn't have to explain to them that horrific act and it's like that you're passing the buck to joe buck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to to raise your children, they're going to have bigger problems than that. Um but, um but yeah, I think that I think that people in Minnesota just take things for granted and I think that Kyle Rudolph is a really good example of that. I think that people never really gave him a fair shake because he was injury prone a lot in the beginning of his oh, career. Yeah. Then he adjusted his style of play which meant that he wasn't going to fight for that extra inch uh, because he might get hurt, and so people thought he was soft. But he was golden in the red zone <laughs> slash end zone. I mean, his catch percentage was like eighty five percent. He would wow. just caught tons and tons of balls that you would throw his way, and Irv Smith Jr. is more of a hybrid wide receiver tight end. And everyone's saying he's going to be this great sort of Travis Kelsey-esque blah, blah, blah. So Zimmer comes out this week. Somebody must have asked him something in that regard. And he says, honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, the question was about a a larger role in the offense for Irv Smith. And he said, honestly, I don't think it's a bigger role for him whatsoever. I think it's a bigger role for Tyler Conklin. He's kind of emerged as a guy moving upward. We're excited about these two young tight ends that we have. Um, and so it's not as if he's whole, like completely throwing Irv Smith under like, some sort of bus or anything. Um, because he is also... I see saying I'm excited about both of them. But if he's saying that he thinks Kyler Conklin is on the upswing and he doesn't expect uh, a larger role for Irv Smith, maybe that could be because Irv Smith is doing so well at the rate that he is being asked to produce at, maybe they want to do uh more actual two tight end sets in the passing game, not just in the blocking uh, game, but uh, it I, was a very interesting quote is my point.
2: I, I, I took it slightly different than you. I, I saw it as how you kind of finished up saying it there is that, Irv Smith is more of the finished player and uh, Tyler Conklin's taking the big jump. Conklin's been around longer and he was, he has not done much in that time. I mean, he as a rookie cut a few passes and, and you always expected more out of an inspector and so much so that they drafted uh, Irv Smith and Irv Smith kind of went right past him and splashed. And um, his skill set is known. I, I uh, I think maybe there's what he's saying is he's making the jump. He's, 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 he's making a bigger there's going to be a bigger role for him because he didn't have one in the past where Irv's is already there, and uh, he says, we're excited about both of them. you know it's not going to be all serve Smith. He was just trying to give some some credit to Conklin and just you know so I, I thought it was a very positive con- comment. Uh, maybe Zimmerman Zimmer. Zimmer doesn't like to to uh, pat too many people on the back, especially if if everybody the media and fans are doing it for him. And everybody loves Irv Smith because they're excited about the potential there. So so don't say too much, uh uh don't blow too much sunshine up uh, Irv Smith's skirt, and you know uh, send a little plaudits towards uh, Conklin's way to get him get him going. That that that's the way I saw it, and it, it, it seems kind of like that's what Zimmer does, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right, too. I mean, I, I would love to find that video clip and actually see the full context of what they're talking about. Um, But I also think that it's a good... This is kind of a left-hand turn. This is It's a good uh, reason why y- you don't, like I've said, uh, take things for granted because... Again, Cousins isn't perfect, but Mond has struggled in uh, mini camp and rookie camp. His fundamentals are all over the place. He is a project. Yes, that's. I'm not saying anything other than he is a project, and uh, that happens when you have a third round uh, quarterback who, if he wasn't uh, quote unquote an athlete who I was always raised as a child to so hate when uh, players are defined as ath- like, look, look at that athlete. Cause they're all athletes, you know, um, <laughs> but as one who is uh, more mobile and, um, you know, uh, picks up yards with his feet and is more an RPO type guy. Uh, he wouldn't have been a third-round pick if not for that. And so the the Vikings are looking to develop the rest of his game at a time when they have what we just discussed, you know, this logjam of uh, just amazing talent at the skill position. I mean, it's, it's uh, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. And you can't just, I, you can't just put a project in there. You, no, you know, I, I, I just keep going back to, and then I'll stop uh, ranting here, but uh, going back to the, when Jefferson yelled uh, about Cousins, not getting him in the ball in the end zone, um, mm-hmm. when he didn't really see that the, the, the right side of the pocket had collapsed. Therefore Cousins had to roll out to his left and it he would basically ruin uh, Einstein's theory of relativity by throwing across his body in that instance. With a, you know what I mean? Like, it just wasn't possible. Yep. And uh, do you think that uh, Jefferson will be happy when he gets wide open down the field and for the fifth time that game, Kellen Mond uh, tucks the ball <laughs> down and, and runs to pick up three or four yards? He won't.
2: no, uh, no, He'll no, be see. out
1: of here in two seconds.
2: No, yeah, and, you know, I guess the only thing that that, that instance that you pointed out says to me is that be, be very careful with old JJ. There's a little diva inside there. Oh, yeah, it's, if, it's, it scares speed. me. Um, I'm not – it wasn't too bad yet, but, uh, you know, by the end of the season that came out that you're kind of uh, bad-mouthing your your season quarterback a little bit. Hmm, you better slow your roll there, JJ. Don't do that just yet. But, um, no, there's no question. I mean, since they couldn't get Justin Fields and then – you know, start moving on from Cousins sooner. They, they got the offensive line to help Cousins and they can bring, you know, they're tied to his contract. So uh, they're going to bring Mond along slowly. You know, anybody that really thinks that you're going to see Mond by the end of the season, it's only because somebody snapped uh, Cousins' leg, you know, uh, it's just not going to happen. Cousins is your guy and, uh, he's guaranteed contract huge money i don't I can't say what's gonna happen next year, but uh if the Viking season goes to hell, then you might see Mont, but not yeah. not not before that you know so um, they're gonna you know it's a project he's he's got project with a lot of potential if his fundamentals are screwed up, that's not good to hear. Uh, but that's part of what you do you you work on that stuff and you you know he's got some innate abilities that will make him a good quarterback in this league if he can figure out the other parts of it the mental part of the game and and those fundamentals and 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 you bring him along and and see if you can make something out of him, and you know if not then you draft another quarterback next year and see if he's got if he'll work out better so it's I'm all yeah. right. With it. I'm really, I'm really all right with 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 how this worked out.
1: And I was going to finish with this uh, story that we covered last year, which is a prop bet that multiple uh, betting sites do each year, basically saying uh, ranking each current head coach and ass- assessing a money amount. To each. If you were to give $100, you would receive X in return if this head coach is the first head coach fired in the NFL. And last season, uh, Zimmer was really high on that list, like Mm -hmm. second or third. And this year he's uh, fifth. And instead of going into that, you brought up something that I think is a, a much more interesting sort of talker in that you know, with, with with Jefferson and keeping an eye on what he's doing from a diva perspective, do you? What do you foresee? And this is so just mean of me to just. This is such a deep philosophical question. To just throw at you. Uh, what do you foresee the the end game or the maximum um, output of the player in, empowerment movement being?
2: Player, I, I'm I'm not sure what you mean there. That giving you know, this player
1: empowerment movement, where look, guys like no. Russell Wilson or oh, Deshaun oh. Watson are basically saying, I "We gotcha. we sign these contracts, but we don't care." Diggs is thrown into that. Uh, we want we want control over our careers, and you're we uh, we're empowered to. You, you know, because we we signed a bad CBA yet again, so we're going to use our star power. We'll hold out if we have to, but we want better terms. Um, you know, and and uh, I always go back to uh, Chris Cluey coming on to our show years ago, and I asked him a lot about the rookie um, kind of symposium and how it was kind of fishy that – during that weekend, where you're supposed to learn all about being in the NFL, they have like these, you know, guys come in that are just pitching uh, franchises. Like, sign up for my restaurant franchise to a bunch of like 18 year olds who just made millions <laughs> of dollars. You know, it's just like, man, they're already picking their pocket. And he said he agreed, and he said that the reason, one of the main reasons that the the NFL has uh, the worst CBA in of of the the professional sports is that they can't – if they threaten to strike, the the owners will laugh because they know most players live check to check. Yeah. And so they have to keep working. And so that's where the player empowerment movement thing came from, I think. I think some of the bigger names who can afford to – not go check the check are taking it upon themselves to say, if I don't want to be here, I'm not going to be. But the other side of it is don't sign the, you know, like with Diggs, don't sign the contract then. Like if if you thought that Delvin Cook was them betraying you, then why did you sign your the contract Just right. to stay here? You didn't have to. Um, and and I that's a very simple, oversimplified explanation of it. And I've described it in, in my article, so people can find it if they want to. But uh, you know, does do you think it'll lead to uh, a new CBA? I mean, I can't imagine the the NFL owners are just sitting by right now, ignoring what is turning out to be something that overlaps with race equity, um, social um, socioeconomics. <clears throat> I mean, it's such a dense interesting issue and that's why i said i apologize for the raising it at last second with no prep but i think it'll just be a new cba that is more fair for the players but i wasn't sure what you thought of it
2: i I come from a union background so i'm all for collective bargaining um and uh, i'm i'm all for the players you know working hard to uh better themselves you know the owners are all billionaires, generally speaking, and they and they uh, uh, um, have it made. I, by the same token, I have come to understand, you know, as much as I'm a defender of labor, uh, uh, ownership is is required, and you have to you have to make sure that both both are happy in order to, to to make it work. It's 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 you know I'm not I'm not saying anything nobody knows here, but it it's the way it feels. So I, I I feel you have to figure out. How to uh, uh, get yourself a better deal? And I don't know if it's the the players' unions uh, leadership that's that's hurt them in the past. Uh, there, there's definitely uh, 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 they have gotten the short end of the stick, you know, year after year after year in these in these uh, yeah. uh, in these CBAs. Um, I think you're right. I think it could lead to a new CBA. You, you get enough people that are pissed off, and see what with Diggs is he he was smart enough to know I'm, I'm going to complain at some point, but I'm not going to complain until after I get my contract so I can keep playing and keep getting my money. But I'm yeah. you know, going to complain and maybe try to direct things uh, uh, later. So that, that's why he signed the agreement. I, he he, he uh, uh, when, when he saw something he didn't like, he, he he pulled a, you know, like they did out in Boston, Paul Pierce, you know, I can get Kevin Garnett in here and then you get Ray Allen in here and you get our championship team. You build your own team. And, uh, they can do that in the NBA. It's much much harder to do that in the NFL. So um, I, I see more power to them. I don't like to see the unrest because I, I want to watch football games. But uh, yeah. by the same token, I want to see the players get their due because they're putting, they're risking their life and livelihood on yeah. the field. And uh, uh, in in their and you know some of them they. You know, I, I I always go back to talking to Matt Khalil when it comes to concussions. He said, you know, we knew what we were in for when we signed up. So, you know, and he's the kind of guy that got what he could early and to get out and to do something else. So, um, Robert Smith. Yeah, Robert is is another one. So I I, I you know I I. I'm gl- I'm glad that there's enough people. Hopefully, that can maybe change things if they yeah. get enough people together, banded together, crabbing about stuff. Yep. And if and if it causes Aaron Rodgers to get out of the NFC North, eat all the better.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, um, yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to watch, and uh, it's something that you and I'll probably have to talk to about as as this stuff goes on.
1: For sure, and you know, there, it is it is very complicated because. The NBA, what, has 11 guys on on the roster? The the NFL has way more players, but it also generates way more revenue. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and I don't – there have been things that have happened that have been improved upon that have made me feel kind of like – and I'm not just saying this to sound like some good guy, but I remember watching the Will Smith concussion movie and being like, I support this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're driving by his house, threatening his family, this is insanity, Um, you know, and it's a credible source, Uh, so I also grew up in a union household, you know, my dad's worked for the postal union since before I was born, and if not for that, you know, I mean, I had a really great life growing up, and I really believe in that, and I think that's what I don't want to get too po- political, but if anybody wants to really look at the, the decline of the middle class, you can look at a couple different things. But there's the direct chart of union, um, of middle class uh, wealth and oh, well being, and the rate of union membership. And you could put one over the other, and they're almost identical. Um, yep. And also <clears throat> look at the difference between when the uh, the postal union was the number one employer in the country versus when it was replaced by Walmart. Uh, mm. You know, and, and that, that having been said, uh, hearing you talk about a union, Joe, and as a business owner myself, uh, you probably didn't see the email I sent out, but uh, I basically just took what Amazon sent to their employees and uh, emailed all the writers that, uh, yeah, no union membership, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know, you can buy an Xbox uh, in lieu of healthcare. So keep an eye out for that. And,
2: you better watch um, out! I'm going to go Norma Ray on this on this uh, <laughs> Anya. Uh,
1: is that a Sally Field movie? That's correct. That's Look correct. At uh, you know what? I will say I hear from people a lot that like when they find out about some new aspect of the business, like this is so amazing. You're so like intelligent. And I'll always be like, it's not that complicated. Uh, really, uh, but sometimes I amaze myself and I have no idea how I know that. That's what that <laughs> was, but I do. And I'm so proud of myself right now. Um, that a boy.
2: Uh, I'm proud of you too, Joe. <laughs> look at
1: me, look at me, pop culture. Uh, <laughs> that's a good place to put a pin in it for this week. Uh, I will be co-hosting or guesting on uh, Dustin Baker's Believe in Vikings podcast tonight. Uh, It's a a vlog as well that's co-hosted by Bryant McKinney and um, Sal Spice, who is uh, the largest female Vikings Twitterer in the game, who also happened to just join... Oof to sports! As our first, or actually our second female contributor, and I, she pitched me some ideas that she was like really nervous to do, and she was like, "I don't know if this is the right fit because you guys don't do stuff like this," and the stuff she talked about was like so exactly what we needed. Like you know, she's really heavy into tailgating and you know doing uh, articles for if you're coming in into town. What are the good Vikings bars to go to? What are the good hotels? Like looking at things from that perspective, fan perspective, tailgating perspective, all of it. And so I'm I'm beyond thrilled that she's joining us uh, with her, her uh, new podcast, new video show, and some new written content. Uh, so keep nice. an eye out for, for the Believe in Vikings podcast. That's going to be probably posted around midnight tonight, and some of the other uh, big news that we got pending uh, that is the reason that my voice is uh, so hoarse because I uh, maybe had three hours of sleep in the last week working on some pretty cool stuff that we would not have without Mr. Joe Oberly, And uh, I'll never forget that. And uh, I can't wait to, uh, to uh, include you in on the next phase of what we're doing, man. Cause if anyone deserves it, it's you. So thanks
2: man. You deserve your uh, success as well. Good on you.
1: Thank you. Uh, And I also, again, want to point out, I don't know how I, I knew that reference, but I'm... I'm mean, going to have to find clips from it and put it on the soundbar because I'm going to definitely <laughs> be making references to that. Uh, but check out all the the UFTA Sports sites. The app is about a month out. Uh, PurplePTSD.com is the largest of our sites now. Vikingsterritory.com is number two. We are looking for people. And I know people in northern Minnesota love their hockey uh, and we have a Minnesota sports or hockey culture website called mini dot com that we have paused to kind of retool. Uh, if you like talking about the wild, the NHL in general, uh, college hockey, uh, high school hockey, email me, DM us on DM uh, any of our accounts on social media. My email is joe at purple PTSD dot com. We really want some hockey heads that really are looking for a career in digital sports media who can go to some – if you want to cover high school hockey and you're up in northern Minnesota and you can go to games, cover them, that would be amazing. Um, we want people to be able to use the app to watch these games, and we're working on getting all that licensing put together. Uh, but other than that, we'll be back next week. This has been the uh, the uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown for the 2nd of June. Five days out from my birthday, so I expect a ton of gifts from our listeners in the next week.
2: I gotta go shop and
1: It's it's the Joe empowerment <laughs> movement. I haven't said anything in the last couple of years, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks again to everyone for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a Thing of the Past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance, just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.